This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob here, right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you where we explain that every single thing you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. So today, you know, I'm going to start the day like we always do on the coaching calls, on the actual coaching calls. When you sign up for Fearless Aging Coaching, it's not just coaching. We do the headlines of the day. These are printed out on actual paper. That's paper, in case you didn't know the sound of that. For those of you who are millennials, you haven't heard that sound in a while. So uh, a study, Ramon, my producer, are you ready for this one? Are you sitting down? Are you in your fully upright and locked position? Okay. A study shows that eating and drinking during childbirth can actually help the delivery. Did you know that? Yeah, I know it's true. You know how I know it's true? Because my wife and I did that during our childbirth. And I do, I will say this, it made the other people in the restaurant very uncomfortable. So you have to be careful with these information that you learn on the headlines of the day. Okay, so what I want to talk about today, let's get down to real estate, shall we? Uh, I want to talk about some fearless agent systems. So please, this would be the opportunity to take some notes. For those of you taking notes at home, fearless agent systems. So write down the four P words. Four words that start with the letter P. Number one, prospecting. All the money that you earn, that you're not earning now, is going to come from prospecting. Even if you're buying leads or getting social media stuff, you still have to call them. And prospecting is the name of the game. Number two is preparing. So we have to do, when I book a listing appointment, I have to be prepared. So I'm going to do a CMA. If you're brand new in real estate, that stands for Country Music Awards. If you've been around a while, that would be the comparative market analysis. It's like a mini appraisal. It's just a guess. We're trying to guess it. Really, the thing we're trying to guess is what price would get you one showing a day on average. And if you were getting one showing a day on average for an extended period of time in no less than 30 days, your listing would sell at that price. So that's the definition of fair market value if you're a fearless agent. And if you're not a fearless agent, the definition of fair market value is just whatever the seller wants it to be, of course. So that doesn't make sense. Then there's presenting so there's five fear, actually six. There's actually six. There's five fearless agent presentations, then a secret one that we never talk about. So, what do you what do you say to sellers when you give a listing presentation? So you've got a step by step listing presentation that works every single time. It makes them love you if they're nice, sane, and smart, and they have a ton of equity to pay you with. And they're deadly serious about selling their house right now at fair market value. So that's the definition of the people who end up paying you, okay? So when you go meet with them and they are sellers, they have to have a reason not to list with an agent 
but you instead of any other agent. So that is going to be because they love you, they trust you, and the fearless agent presentation makes that happen. All the presentations make that happen. So we follow a step-by-step thing. You don't skip any steps, and then they end up doing exactly what you tell them to do. They end up benefiting financially because of that, and everybody's happy, and you get paid. So listing presentation. Pricing presentation, the purpose of it, the fearless agent pricing presentation is designed in such a way at the end of it, they always say the words, well, why don't we just underprice our house right off the bat, which ends up helping them sell their house for way more than it's worth. And you, as a fearless agent, hear that every time. No non-fearless agent has ever heard that from a seller even one time, and you know that. Then there's a for sale by owner presentation that sells the for sale by owner that's temporarily misguided on the idea of using an agent. And then uh, so you use that one only when you need it. Then there's a buyer presentation which sells the uh, buyer on being loyal to you, signing the buyer broker agreement before you ever search the MLS or, or look at a single house. And then there's an investor presentation which teaches the investor how to get an insanely higher rate of return safely than they could any other way, which of course makes them love you. And they always give you tons of referrals to their investor friends because rich people all hang out with each other. But then there's number six, and that is the right way to present an offer that you wrote on behalf of a buyer to someone else's seller or a buyer agent. or the right way to pre- present your offer that you wrote to your seller or the offer I wrote to your seller so uh, if I was the buyer agent. So when you, when you know how to present all s- six situations like that, then, uh, then it's about planning. So let's say you're great at prospecting, you're great at preparing and doing the CMA and all that stuff, and then you're great at presenting, then it's a planning thing after that. So your jobs would be those four P words and then doing all the other stuff that you have to get. Now, sometimes um, people have partners. So I coach these different types of business models. So you could write these down. I coach people who have big teams. I coach people who have smaller teams. I coach people who are individual agents. I coach people who are individual agents with an executive assistant. I coach people who are 50-50 partners with somebody. Of all those business models, one of them is the least profitable and one of them is the most profitable. So. Assuming they're all equally hardworking, which one makes the least money by far? And it is the big team. If you want to make very little money while doing a whole lot of work, have a big team. If you want to make no money at all, be on a big team. But if you want to have a big team, it must be because you're allergic to money. The business model that makes the most money is the 50-50 partnership. 
and typically that is husband and wife or mother-daughter or a couple of guys that that uh, know each other in the office or, you know, something like that. But they split the money 50-50 and they split the expenses 50-50. So why is that the most profitable? One of the reasons I think it might be is because you feel like you're letting the other person down when you go on vacation. That doesn't mean you shouldn't go on vacation. It just means you should feel guilty when you go on vacation. Don't be happy. Don't be laying on the beach having fun. No, feel guilt. No, that's not true. So the right partner, let's say you've considered having a partner. Now, uh, you should. Now, I did that. I had five failed partnerships and one very successful partnership. So uh, was I a good partner? Well, I'm still friends. One of my partners is deceased, but I'm still friends with and was with all of them. And uh, so I think I was a good partner in that way. But why were some of those partnerships not successful and didn't endure and the other did? One was because... uh, they were like me. I picked somebody just like me. So if you're not new in real estate, you should pick somebody who's not new in real estate. It would be good to pick somebody who's been in real estate about the same length of time you have, have, have the same about level of success, and uh, there should be a 50-50 split with no exceptions to that. Um, Maybe it would be a good idea to have one of you be process-oriented and the other be sales-oriented. Having somebody that's the opposite sex seems to work for marriage uh, generally. So they always say opposites attract. Um, So I am the sales guy. I hate paperwork. My wife is an accountant, so she obviously likes paperwork. So would she ever work with me in real estate? No, she would fake her own death to get out of that, of course, because she's not stupid. But but I had a partner who was a process-oriented, very organized, paperwork person. Uh, but that's, why I think, why the husband-wife partnership works and, you know, could be mother-daughter, you know, two guys, you know, a couple of gals, whatever. So having the right partner, but if you're not partner-oriented, Admit it. So then it would be, do I need an assistant? Well, here's when you know you need an assistant. If you're scheduling five listing appointments a week, you you can afford an assistant and you're going to need one pretty quick. So who should the right assistant be? So I noticed that people have failed assistant experiences and maybe it was a failure for both the assistant and the agent but it's usually because they violated some rules that they probably should not have violated. And by the way, if any of the stuff we talk about on this podcast makes sense to you and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you're open to the idea of having some help with that, if you would like to learn more about Fearless Agent Coaching, you can call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That's my cell phone. And we'll just see if you and what you're trying to do and what we do at Fearless Agent, if it would be a good fit. If it is a good fit, you will get rich. If it's not a good fit, we will just admit that, and that's okay. And I'll still help you. 
So, because uh, I've got a lot of resources and a lot of ways to help you. So, I love talking to realtors. I don't want you to ever think you're bothering me. Don't ever, I got nothing better to do than to make you rich. So, pick up the phone and call me right now and leave a message, uh, or I'll talk to you when I pick up the phone. So, uh, don't text me, don't email me. For goodness sakes, we're in sales. Call me always at 480 385 8810. You can also go to fearlessagent.com. Watch the free webinar. It's on the homepage there. It's 45 minutes long. Take lots of notes. Go to the video training page. My guarantee to you is all the free video training that we have on our website would be way better coaching than you would pay any amount of money to any other coach in America. And you will know I'm right when you watch those. So uh, if you have ever, ever have a question, you can always call me because we want to help you. So 480-385-8810 and fearlessagent.com. So the, the correct assistant must be, write this down, licensed. They're not going to be virtual. Okay, that is a crazy, old-fashioned, stupid, never-works idea. Okay, licensed assistant on site with you, all right, or in the same town for sure. Uh, They probably are going to be better if they generally have been buyer-focused. So a more buyer-focused agent um, that's, let's say, failing, not earning, you know, what they could earn if they were work you. And they, if they're a paperwork junkie and very good at paperwork and very organized, most fearless agents are not very organized paperwork people, me included. I hate paperwork, okay? If you're a salesperson, you hate paperwork. Uh, so they want to be – you want them to be process-oriented. Um, again, if they're the opposite sex, they're bringing something to the table that you don't have. Guys tend to be uh, stupid. That was what the word that came to my mind. Uh, there's other words for it. But anyway, we, we, we are the way we are and women tend to be better at some things. So – and I think guys tend to be better at some things generally. There are exceptions to that. No need to start the lawsuit now. There's exceptions to that. So how do we find these people? If I was looking for a licensed, buyer-focused, paperwork junkie that's process-oriented, um, where would I go? Well, I'd probably go right there in my office. So if you uh, – they also have to be paid a percentage – write this down – a percentage of the gross closed commissions from every deal with no deals accepted. So we're not going to not pay the assistant when I list my mom's house because it's my mom's house. No, we're going to pay them a percentage of the gross closed commissions on every deal. Not the net because the assistant can't control uh, what the net is because they don't have control over the expenses. So if you pay them that way, uh, there are no salaries in real estate, for goodness sakes. This is commission sales business. So always pay them a percentage of the gross close commissions on every deal. And it's going to be probably between 10% and 20%. It's probably not going to be more than 20%. It's probably not going to be less than 10%. And if you sell 
really expensive homes, like if you're in L.A. or or uh, some other coastal communities or something like that, where your average sales price sense tends to be huge and you do charge full commissions, then it would be more towards the 10% end. It would be more towards the 20% end if your sales price is lower and you do a lot more deals. So that's kind of how that works out. But you can figure out. So what would it what would it cost if I was going to pay a salary? And of course, that would be psychotically crazy. And that's not going to happen. But if I was to get a full-time, licensed, extremely on-the-ball executive assistant and get them to stick with me forever, what would I have to pay them for a salary? So let's say, you know, in my town, which is Scottsdale, Arizona, I can't imagine it being less than sixty thousand. Okay, so if it's sixty thousand, then you know, take forty transactions, forty listings at four percent, and then figure out how many transactions it takes, or how many, uh, what percentage sixty thousand is of that, and then that will that will give you an idea. So. Um, and then it's going to be anybody in your office that's earning less than, let's say, sixty thousand net, not gross. So after after they do fifty percent of what they do goes to the split and the you know write offs and stuff like that, then then that has to be sixty thousand. So they may if they're earning maybe a hundred and twenty gross, they could they could do that. So that's who it is. So figure out how many deals a year and then take all the people doing less deals of a year than that. And then when they do their own listing, they get to keep that money. I'm not looking to get in their pocket. They're, they're, uh, that's like a bonus to them. But I'm going to keep them so busy they're not going to have the time to go out and be running around with buyers and doing that stuff. So managing people. I have a friend of mine who – has a management style that I love. His name is Jim Pluff. He was a uh, very successful manufa- – they did safety manufacturing. He writes an article in some newspaper somewhere, just a fun guy. But his management style was based on these things. So when you manage your assistant, you want to delegate things to them and uh, not have them – you know, uh, seeking you out for all kinds. So delegate them, let them screw up. It's, you know, they, they get to screw up, I get to screw up, and we all eat it together. So his management style was this. It was, so what? Who cares? Why are you bothering me with this? Okay? This appeals to a lot of people right off the bat, I think. So, so what? So when you come to me with a question, if you're my assistant, and I say, so what? You don't come to me with it if I'm going to say, so what, and you don't have a great answer to that. Who cares? Do I need to care about it? Honestly, probably not. Why are you bothering me with this? So have them answer those questions before they bring you a problem. Let them solve the problem before they ever bring it to you, and uh, and things are going to go a lot easier that way. So the other thing, you know, I was talking to my – my buddy Ryan, who is a uh, coaching student of mine, he earned $80,000 last year in uh, referral fees from buyers that he referred out. He did listings only and just, you know, earned an extra 80000 So 
here's here's what um, here's what I did. I didn't show any houses when I was in when I finally got it figured out. I did sellers only. Ryan does this. He he was on an interview with me a couple of podcasts ago or a number of them ago. So he did 160 listings, and he couldn't have done 160 listings if he had been running around with buyers. So I didn't. I got rid of my lockbox key. I bought a Corvette. I couldn't even fit the buyers in it. So it's just it's over. I'm not doing buyers anymore. I made sure I'm never referring out a buyer if they are FHA or VA. I just let them go. If they they I they would have to be pre-approved through my lender and have a minimum of 20% down, really 40% down would be great because then they can win the bidding war when they're up against other, other buyers. They sign the buyer-broker agreement, and I give the other agent I'm referring them to a raving fan endorsement. So let's say – I get the buyer to come into my house, to come into my office and meet with me personally. So I did do that. They were pre-approved by the time they met with me through my lender. They have 40% to put down, so they're going to be able to buy the house that's their favorite house, which of course is everybody's favorite house, and they would be in a multiple bidding situation probably. And they've signed the buyer broker agreement with me, so I gave them the fearless agent buyer presentation. They signed the buyer broker agreement. And then my air quotes partner, Sally, shows up and meets with us. And I give her the raving fan endorsement. There's no agent that will ever be better at finding you the perfect house than Sally. Do whatever Sally tells you to do. If she says, don't buy that house, do not buy that house. If she says, offer this, offer that. And then I can guarantee you you're going to get to live in your favorite house and you won't have someone else living in your favorite house. And now everything that Sally does not know how to do has already been done. She doesn't know how to get him to come into the office. She's been meeting people at properties. She doesn't know how to get them pre-approved through her lender. She's been letting them go to Quicken Loans. She doesn't know how to get the buyer-broker agreement signed before she searches the MLS or shows a single house, but I do. And she doesn't know how to give herself the raving fan endorsement. So because I did all of that hard work up front, we're going to split the commission 50-50 on that sale. Now, if they they become her buyer, if they ever want to list their house, she gets all of that. I'm not looking for that. I just want to get them off my plate and get them and get paid on one. If I book the appointment, but I can't meet with them, and because I'm on a listing appointment, and she meets with them, then she would pay me a thirty percent referral fee. If all I do, if all my input is that I have one phone call with this person. Or one, you know, happen to chat, chatting them up in the Starbucks line or something like that. And I give the raving fan endorsement in such a way that they are begging me to have Sally call them, then that's worth 20%. So it's 20, 30, or 50, depending on what I did up front and the dollars per hour that I'm going to earn is going to 
be equal or better than what I would do even on a listing that I would take because there's so little time invested. So uh, hopefully that helps you. By the way, once again, we want to thank you for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. You can always call me directly at 480-385-8810. If you like what we talk about on this here podcast thing, please do give us a review, five-star review on on the podcast on iTunes. And until next week, when we get together again, like we do every week, you must, in between podcasts, have fun. Always be humble, but most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang. Oh.